to do this. Ryan is out there in danger, and this place is collapsing in. Doc, I know what you're asking me to do. I just... I just can't do it. She's not your wife. She's furniture with a pulse. She doesn't know. She can't know. Graham, please. I know how hard this is for you, but let her go or we're all going to die. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. This is a podcast about Doctor Who. And we'll be talking about an episode called It Takes You Away. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. So, Julia, what takes you away? Uh, well, that's made clear later on in the episode, but initially (laughs) (laughs) um, the doctor and her companions land in Norway and find a little girl in a boarded-up cottage who needs their help. And they hear all these monster noises, and they go to investigate and find a portal into another universe. Sort of. Interesting. And it's interesting that while you're doing the description, my opinion of the episode changes, because as I listen to it out loud, I go, wait a minute, some of that doesn't make any sense. But So... um, what do you guys think of this one? It had potential, and then it just dropped. I, I, I thought it started off good, but then the end was kind of, I don't know, froggish. It was, <laughs> it was just, it leads all up, and then all of a sudden you see a frog on a chair. So, and it just seems like a big letdown that the big bad was a frog on a so, chair. So let's not. Let's not pick on this frog just yet. We'll, we'll get to that later, because that frog is... Well, a- I'm definitely disappointed in all these great new villains that Chibnall's introduced giving us. So it's just a frog in a chair. Okay. Um, I thought that scenery at the beginning was great. It's like the best, most beautiful location that the TARDIS has ever landed, obviously. And Yeah, I'm curious where they filmed that. Oh, I, I thought I thought the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was beautiful. Where where if it actually was Norway, which is entirely possible, you yeah, know. Could have been. Uh, they they do film. I mean, it's not that far away. Yeah. Could also just have been Wales. <laughs> um. Let me let me see if I can find out where they filmed it. Okay. So. Um, I thought it looked great. I like the color palette in this episode. For the, f- even when they go into the alternate thing, the cave or whatever, it was kind of the color, the way colors are handled in this in this episode. I thought was really good. We go from the darks, the greens and stuff, and the browns of the nature, and then we go into some weird red and blue um, thing, Majiki there. But um, but I, I found it visually kind of stunning at the beginning. And I thought the music was perfect, very creepy music. And then we had a sound effect that I thought was very impressive, like very scary, until we found out what what it was. And then we were like, okay. <laughs> that was yeah. a bit of a letdown. Huh? It, it, yeah, it, 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 did, it did have a lot of potential. And... You know, again, there was some... Oh, I don't even know where to start. Um, there, there was 
First of all, my, my biggest pet peeve was that she opened the wooden front door with her sonic screwdriver. Yep. And, you know, I thought the sonic didn't work on wood, but who knows? Um, Maybe it has a magnet in it and she moved the bolts. Moved the locks, yeah. yeah. I, I, it was odd. Um, I think... I thought the little girl was convincing as a, you know, scared little girl. I don't know if that actress is actually blind or if she's not. She, she is. Did a I actually, is she? she? Yeah, she is. Um, I looked that up because it's it just she looked too convincing <laughs> not to be. And um, I know we live in a day and age where something like that is not. It's frowned upon to 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 not hire someone that would be that would fit that. So. It felt like, right. yeah, and that's what they exactly did. I thought she did a really good job. She did. Uh, I don't know how I, the accent was, but. I don't know. Is she Norwegian? I don't I know. Don't. Um, I mean, her last name is Walwork, which is not a name I've ever heard before. Yeah. Um, it, I I think my my biggest thing was that she just sort of threw in that the doctor just threw in that story about the the alternate universe. The name escapes me. Um, that she called it as like like it was a a bedtime story that her grandmother. Grandma number five. Right. <laughs> so. The, the, First off, the lines like that, some of the stuff in this reminded me of Russell T. Davis and, and Moffat, a little bit of name dropping, a little bit of coming up with this, the, these statements that are supposed to make the audience go, grandmother number seven, five, whatever, you know, it just, it's like, it just, it's like supposed to get the fans going, oh, 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 oh. but to me it just, i like, oh, I don't want to hear that, I don't want to hear stuff like that, it just... And um, are you talking about the, is it called the Soul Attract or? The Soul Attract, yeah, that's it. So I, ha I had to rewind that because I kept falling asleep. <laughs> I, I mean, and this is what's happened all season. When, when, there's, a, when there's a description or exposition, um, it goes on and on and on. It's like the doctor's talking. It's like, well, here's the situation. And it's a fascinating concept, but instead of us finding out about the story as it's going along, the story's been fed to us. And that seems to yeah. happen a lot in this yes. season. Yes. I agree with you. Um, there, is, there is too much telling and not enough showing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Season. And it does, it really breaks up the pacing of the show, I think, and makes it not as, you know, you, you, you get shoved out of the, of the episode, sort of, when she does those, or when anybody does those long exposition pieces. I mean, mostly it's the doctor doing it, but... Um, yeah, I agree, because it takes me out of it. I start, like Ken does, I get bored, and I start, I grab my phone, I start checking Facebook and Twitter. yeah. And I was like, come on, let's go. I mean, they had a good moment. They were running away from the killer moss. They were in investigating the portal. And then all of a sudden, they're sitting down talking about, oh, my fifth grandmother told me this and blah, 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 blah. And it's like kept on going on and on and on. 
I was just yeah. like, well, wrap it up. Let's get going. Yeah. I mean, it's just... And again, I, you know, I defend the first few seasons of the show, the classic series. A, a lot of that happened. There, there was a lot more talky going on because they were trapped in a prison for half an episode sometimes and they would just talk. And that was great to a degree, but it, I don't know if it's great in this day and age when you have... Well, back then it was like weekly. Yeah. And a lot of it was just... And it was 23 minutes long back then. Mm -hmm. and, and that's my big beef with the classic episodes is were they shot the way shows are shot now, they would be 60 minutes, maybe 70 minutes long. I mean, there's so much that you could cut, and that's kind of what it feels like here. It's like that there's too much of this, uh, of them discussing things and not enough of them doing things. I mean, I, I sound like a bit of a hypocrite because the, you know, some of my beefs with Matt Smith's episodes and to a certain extent Tennant's episodes was it was just so much running. Yeah. You know, and, and people running and talking and you were like, wait, what? What did you say? But this is taking it to the other extreme where it's just slowed down so much. I mean, they, they seem, you know, they, even one of the story, even one of the, the the characters in this was able to sit down in a chair at the end, and that was the, the frog. But <laughs> uh, it's like, I, I need to sit down for this because, you know, this is going to take a while. But, mm -hmm. yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I, I did love that when they were in the alternate universe, the solar track, everything was flipped. Yeah, the guy's teacher, the guy's slayer, was backwards. Yep. Even her face, even the girl uh, Hannah, who's who was blind, she had one eye that was squintier than the other, and it reversed. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Well, why would? But why would that have happened? Because everything is a mirror copy. Yeah, but I don't think everything was... I don't think the Doctor and all them were mirrored. I didn't notice. I mean, maybe go back and take a look at it. But um, Well, the obvious one was the Slayer shirt was written backwards. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they never made reference to that. I, I kept looking at that going, what, why, are, why is that? <laughs> why would it be reversed? <laughs> I guess it's the mirror... It's the mirror, mirror universe, haha. <laughs> Yeah. Good one. So, yeah, I mean, it was a weird episode. The The end was weird. The end was just Yeah. Weird. So the frog. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop laughing. And, like, oh, so here's the reveal. It's a frog on a freaking chair. And I'm like, I had to stop it, and I just couldn't stop laughing. And she's, like, talking to it. Like, oh, you're my new best friend, a talking frog. Blah, blah, blah. I just couldn't stop laughing that whole sequence until she got sent back to our universe. And I was like, and she blew a kiss to the frog. And I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. It's like, it was just so stupid. I was just like. First, yeah. first off, if, if Moffat or Russell T. Davis had ever given us a, a talking frog at the end of an episode, I would be absolutely going crazy right now. I can't believe it. Um, I'm not going crazy <laughs> with this, 
but it is disappointing. Uh, I didn't laugh. I, I just was like, when I saw the frog, I said, please don't talk. Please don't talk. Oh, it talked. And it talked. <sighs> And it and the when the, the puppet's mouth was moving, it wasn't synced up with the voice either. Yeah, so it was off. I'm just like going, wow, that's like 1970s Doctor Who right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was bad. So it's just it, it just to imagine for a second if it was a pulsating light, like a like a creature that we don't really see. It's just a light in, in, in darkness or whatever, or, or a being that we just can't see. Would have been a lot better than the frog in the chair. I, I would have been, like, play, praising this episode quite a bit more. I'm not saying that the frog killed it, but... Um, did, did Doctor Who jump the frog in this one? But um, <laughs> it, it just... I understood the concept of what they were trying to do, and I and I thumbs up on a lot of that stuff. But the frog was kind of like, oh, and I don't give it a thumbs down. I just went, oh, <laughs> I wish that they had just done something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. A talking moth, maybe. I don't know where the, the frog. Does that have anything to do with the frog necklace that we saw? I mean, is that part of? What well, obviously. But I it, mean, I don't get the reference, but neither. <laughs> It was, you know, that they, she made a big deal out of that necklace, that, and it was her voice yeah. that, you know, that was talking to the doctor, but it was just weird. It, it was, was a bizarre ending. It was just dumb. <clears throat> yes. Well, so so there's a lot of, I, I, I'm not picturing what I can say, there's been... TV shows and movies and books and stuff like that that have things like this happen. Something is talking and, and it's something so ludicrous that you're like, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy did stuff like this all the time where... But that was because it was a comedy. Well, yeah, but... Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is satire comedy. It's not supposed to take itself serious stock to science fiction type thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but I mean, I, if this was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that would have been perfect. Yeah, but I, it's I just, not perfect for Doctor Who. I, I mean, I'm just trying to. My, my point is, I'm trying to. Who's the author of this one? Do we know? It was someone that hadn't written for the show before, I think. Yeah, it was um, Joy Wilkinson. Uh, oh, okay. So, I always try to figure <laughs> out. There's always a reason for something. And when, when I don't think the frog was her idea. I bet you it was Chibno Simhai just going, okay. hey, don't you know what would be funny? Let's have a talking frog. <laughs> I don't think it was supposed to be meant to be funny. And the fact that it was a puppet made it even more ludicrous. If it was a CG frog, I think, if it was a badly done CG frog, it would have been worse. But if it was a CG frog that, that was effective... I, I get what they're trying to do. They were trying to do something, and they wanted to come up with something that was... Uh, but I think they they shouldn't have done that. They should have done the light or something, maybe show a picture of the universe or something with a bunch of galaxies and have a, a voice coming out of that or something. That would have been... Because it's the idea of a conscious gal- uh, universe and they having a conversation with it, it's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Very... The story itself is simple, like it's been all season, but the concept is a little bit higher than recent times. It's almost like a Moffat concept to a degree, but I don't think even Moffat would have had a talking frog at the end. No, I don't, I don't think he would have. 
neither would Russell T. Davies either. Yeah. I mean, they might have done something like have, you know, Rose return and be the one that's talking. They kind of did that already. and That would have been better than a frog. Yeah, but not, not by much, because I don't like yeah. when characters return, and they're not the characters, but... Um, but maybe we'll see more of this frog. I think the frog could be a really good companion, maybe. <laughs> well, anyway, to, I yeah. thought that um, Graham's character had the best stuff going on in this episode. I mean, it was just... He was great. He's been, like, the best part of the whole series. Yeah, yeah he, he really Graham. does. He, I mean, the other two are just, like there in the background, but they, they don't seem to know what to do with Ryan and Yaz, but Graham seems to be just like you know, perfect you know, I have no complaints with him throughout the whole series he just seems to always be you know, the bright spot of the show mm-hmm. at least he was for this one especially the emotional seeing his uh, his wife again and all that yeah, I, I yeah it was fantastic yeah I thought the other two had a little bit more to do in this one. I thought this was, a, overall, I thought this was a better episode than we've seen recently. I put this in the top tier of this season, which isn't necessarily saying that, you know, it's with that episode that I'm waiting for to, to be like, say, this is the excellent, you know, it, it just, I thought it was better than it was not, but, I mean, the frog didn't help. Um, I thought the doctor... I thought Jodie Whittaker was, I was really getting her as a doctor in this episode. She was, throughout the whole thing, her speeches and her talk and what she was saying in the background. And for the most part, I mean, I know there's a couple of things, but I thought it all worked really well for her. I really enjoyed her in this one. Yeah, I did too. I, I thought Brian was a bit of a jerk. Uh... And until the end, you know, he kind of redeemed himself, but... He got knocked out by a door. She hit by the door and spam! She timed that perfectly, knocking him out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he deserved it, though. <laughs> I did think that the dad should have been given a little more shit from everybody. Yeah. I mean... For leaving the daughter to, to go be with his dead wife. That whole setting up of the speakers and everything, that's really... Bad. That was really awful. Well, it was kind of dumb too. It's kind of like we're we're trying to. It, it, it's you know he put it there for the for the woman for the for the his daughter, but it was also there for the audience to think that there might be something more, you know, sinister going on. And I was a little let down. I was like, I want to see that creature that's making that sound. It was. What kind of speakers do you have there? You must have some really good speakers because they, you know, speakers sound like speakers when you put them in a, those, especially those, when you put them in a forest, they just sound like speakers, you know. But they're not even waterproof speakers. It was just regular. Yeah. It was just. Regular in-the-house speakers. They're not even weatherproof ones. And he had them like, you figure it must rain a lot in Norway. And it was winter-ish. Who wanted to see the Wooly Rebellion episode? No, I don't. <laughs> why does the doctor always have to eat dirt or lick dirt and all that to figure out where they are? That I, I like that. I, it, they've been doing that for I don't know. It just, just seems kind of... 
could you have seen Pertwee or Troutman licking the ground to, to figure out where they are? No, they used their brains. And you looked oh. at the TARDIS and it said, hey. No, I'm not saying that. I'm pretty Tenet sure did Tom the, Baker did. Tenet, Tenet did the same thing. Well, yeah, Tenet licked the doors and stuff. <laughs> and I always thought that was like stupid. I was like, why are they doing that? That's dumb. I was it's just like, I don't know. Value. It's it's showing that they're eccentric. Showing that they they have a way of just of figuring things out by. So time lords have a way of figuring out what planet they're on without looking at the what the TARDIS says just by licking the dirt. Yeah, I guess that's it. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. I mean. I guess it can be kind of silly, but that's the whole point. And I think it's been going on for a while. I'm pretty sure. I felt like Tom Baker and Sylvester McCoy have done stuff like that before, but maybe not. I don't remember. But I thought it was just a thing the doctor did. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's just kind of like a throwaway thing that they do. And ha ha ha. The sonic screwdriver. It was a bit of a well, she, too much of a priority in this episode. Beyond well, she said she really loves her Sonic. Yeah, just get rid of it for our God's sakes. It was even like <laughs> she, part of the plot, you know, where but, they like. And the doctor screwed up. She was using it like as a gun, and then she said to him, "It's only Sonic." And then he takes out the second knife too, on uh, to uh, what's his name there? Graham. Graham, and I was just like, "Well, that was kind of dumb." You gave gave away your advantage, but then the moths ate them, so it didn't matter. <laughs> oh, those moths! Ugh. <laughs> I thought that was neat. Yeah. It doesn't help my loathing of moths, though. They're like butterflies. No, they're not at all like <laughs> butterflies. They're creepy. Just because they're not colorful, you, you, you're just you're being uh, discriminatory against them because they're not colorful. No, no, it doesn't have anything to do with how many colors they have. It, uh, it's I don't, it, they bash into things and they bash into you and that's they just right. and they're fluffy and they have antenna. That's the cow. And they're carnivores too. So <laughs> I don't like them. Now, flesh-eating butterflies would have been more interesting. But butterflies aren't attracted to the light like moths are, because moths are kind of stupid. Yeah, so... A lot of weird stuff in this episode, which I kind of like. I like that it's a little... I thought it was visually oh, more interesting started, than recent, but... It started off good. It had a good, you know, momentum. It just was a big letdown towards the end. Yeah. You had the super explain it speech which took you out of its rhythm and then the frog the doctor had some good lines she's like you know I don't want you to follow him into the dark I want you to fo follow this nutter into the dark and you know just had some good stuff th throughout the whole thing and even her talk at the end with um, froggy there um, I thought was mm -hmm. pretty good I, you know Maybe someone online will change the special effect to something else besides a frog, you know. Maybe. I like the line at the end where she goes up to the tires and goes, where's the sheep? I must be out plotting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we finally get the granddad, which we knew was all going to happen. 
you're my granddad or whatever or yeah, he just called him granddad. Yeah. Which we knew was going to happen pretty soon. So we know probably in the next episode or New Year's Eve or New Year's Day one that we're going to have Ryan riding his bike because we have to close that up. <laughs> riding his bike off the cliff or whatever. Which hasn't been a factor at all this season. He's mentioned it a couple of times, but it's not like it's been a factor, right? Except for that first episode. Yeah, that was that was sort of a weird thing to put in there and then just leave it. Yeah. I mean, he's mentioned it when he's had to go up and down ladders once or twice, but I don't know. Yeah, you're right. They really haven't really can come back to it, have they? No, not at all. But, I mean, going up and down ladders could be anything. could be afraid of heights, you know? Yeah. So, I, yeah. But, you know, I I feel kind of bad because I... It feels like Yaz and Ryan just are incidental to this whole thing. Yeah. And I, I, I don't understand why they need three. I just, I hope next season isn't like that. Yeah, um, I agree. I think there's some stories. I mean, when you look at the history of Doctor Who, three. For the first Doctor, it was okay. The first. TARDIS crew because of the seven parters and the serial format where you would have, you know, okay, Carolyn John you can, or Carolyn Ford, you can take uh, a few days off because your character is not in episode three and four. But and so that worked out. But now it's kind of like all the characters are on screen at once for an hour. And um, even when you look at the um, Peter Davison era, the three characters. It was tough. Yeah. One of them always was sick or fell asleep or something. And you have to, it's one more thing you have to write for. When you're a Doctor Who writer, you have to do a special amount of work to write for three characters. And you have to write for a special amount of extra work to make sure that you're not in the situation that the sonic screwdriver can get them out easily. So when you have stuff like that, or time travel is another thing where you have to kind of pay attention and say, well, wait a minute, why don't they just go back in time and do that? They have to come up with these excuses. And that's the same thing with Three Companions. But they don't seem to be really caring. They just, like, they're standing in the background and then they're not even in the shot. And you're like, what are they doing? Are they off to the side sitting down or something? You know? Yeah. Um, they're just kind of, once in a while they throw a line out there and it's like, oh, okay, they're still there. Right. Yeah. I have to come in and act today because I only have one word to say. You know, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the three companions is just not not working. Oh, and oh. I think it's it's showed in the. I mean, I, you know, I keep thinking about how much sleeker these episodes could be if there was only one companion or even two. But you know, with three people added into the storyline and you've got to give everybody some lines to say and and have it be relevant to their character it makes it clunky yeah <clears throat> that's my opinion on this well so we have one more and then we have it's got a weird name it's got a weird title i i can't I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> the Battle of Ranskor of Kolos. Yeah. One of those. Go ahead. There's mysterious mists involved in that one. Yeah. 
of the things I've noticed about the uh, the um, previews for next week is, boy, they're short. <laughs> but they've been like that all season. The previews have been short. Well, yeah, but uh, that's my point. Is is they weren't like that last season, were they? No. Okay, so uh, I don't mind that because I don't. I hate when previews show too much. But yeah. There's, I think that you know, it's almost like you you don't. I, I mean, I saw the the thing from next week. I have no idea what it was. I couldn't even remind. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> so it's really hard to you know when you when you only show something for it was like ten seconds or something like that. You're like, now I, I can't get jazzed up for next week's episode because I don't remember if it was good or not. That it looked good or not. But I think they need to do that something with that too. Yeah, make the previews a little longer. Yeah. More appealing or something, but it's hard to do when the episodes maybe aren't that good. <laughs> maybe that's the point. <laughs> oh, this episode sucks. Let's make a short preview. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I, I think this one overall I liked. It's just that, again, it's like, oh, you know... Could have been a little bit better if they got rid of the frog. It could have been a little bit better if they got rid of that speech, that long conversation. I mean, it just, you know. Yeah. The whole season's been like that. Kind of like. It could have been better, yeah. Which is a touchy thing to say. Yeah. I feel like Russell T. Davis was like that. I felt like. All yeah, through this, his, his era, I felt like eh, if he had removed one or two things or done one or two things different, I think that episode would have been a lot better. Yeah, the episode showed promise, and then all of a sudden, one or two things ruins it. With Moffat, though, it was um, more definitive, in my opinion. <laughs> it was like either a complete swing and miss or a complete hit, and that was it. And it was kind of like no middle ground. It was kind of like, oh, really? Okay, Moffat. I'd almost rather it be like that. You think so? When the show gets to be like, eh, you know, eh, I don't want to watch it anymore. I'm not saying I don't want to watch Doctor Who anymore, but, you know, I don't want to watch something that's just sort of eh over and over and over again. I really, yeah, this season I really can't pinpoint a favorite episode, except for, you know, Rosa had that powerful message, but other than that, they've all been kind of... Yeah. And, and even the protagonist in Rosa was kind of like, uh, okay, yeah. you know. It, you you kind of knew what was going to happen. I mean, Rosa was predictable, but, you know, all the rest of them have been like, oh, it's good, and then, oh, okay. And it's just, yeah, it's not. Well, I, I guess you make a good point, because if I, again, I'm a little more critical uh, than some, I guess, <laughs> or more, uh, what's the word, more grumpy about it, but... Um, when Russell T. Davis was, was doing this, they, he would surprise me. You know, every season he would surprise me with four, five episodes that I, I'm like, wow, that was really good. You know, you know, he would still do stuff to make me mad, but it, it, at least it was like, you know, midnight. Wow, that was a really good episode. Okay, well, he, he, he you know, he did a couple things wrong, but still, I mean, I'm more enthusiastic about it and. But recently, Moffat has been more missed than than uh, hit, I think. Yeah. And that's why we were more critical of him toward the end. <coughs> but maybe we were always like, yeah, but he did good episodes. 
So we're waiting for that um, Doctor and the Vincent to come back again. Maybe there's another episode that's like that this season. One of those really, really good ones. And then when it didn't happen, we were like, or, or if it came close, we'd be like, okay, that's good enough. But this season, we're doing the same thing. We're waiting, and it's like, wait a minute, there hasn't been one. Is 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 Chibnall's Vincent and the Doctor? Is 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 it Rosa? Is that the his highest? And so next season, when we go, are we going to be sitting there going, I hope this is like Rosa, because we mm-hmm. all looked at Rosa and said, yeah, this was really good, but but <laughs> right, you know, it could have been a lot better. There's a room for improvement. Definitely. But, I mean, let's wait until the end of the season and then we can yeah. discuss all of that. Because this is, I mean, but, yeah, I'm I'm underwhelmed. I keep saying that, I think, every every podcast we record. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it seems like for nine weeks it's been the same, same thing yeah. that we've, we've been saying. And they got one more, two more to pull out of the doldrums, I guess. Yeah. I almost feel like, I really was hoping, you know, like, like I said, I do that every year, but I was always hoping that maybe this would be it, you know, this would be a better season overall, and I could kind of look back and say, aha, see? But it just, you know, it's a little bit of a letdown, but, uh, you know, even if the next two are, like, the best ever, then maybe I have more hope after that, but it's still... <laughs> Gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any. I don't have hope now that it will, it will necessarily change now. Yep. But anyways. Okay. Anything else? No. Nope. That's about it. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs>